So if you are a, oh man, I haven't done this, this is a long time, this is uh, old center days that I've had to hold a mic, but today's an exciting day, if you, if you haven't been here for a part of this new series we're doing, um, we're doing a series called Perspectives, and essentially this is number two of four, so you get another one in November and another one in December, and I'm trying not to take it personally that uh, the week that that Zeke is up, everybody shows up. All of the, everybody shows up. I'm just kidding. I'm really excited. So um, Brandon preached to us a month ago. It's crazy to think about. And today I get the honor and privilege of introducing a guy who I love a lot. Um, he probably doesn't think that because he can't handle love and affection. Uh, he only speaks in sarcasm, but I'm really excited for him. So um, would you join me in giving him a hand as we uh, see what Zeke has to say to us today? Hey guys, uh, I'm just going to jump right in. Um, I grew up in a church. I was taught that God was good, that he loved me, that if I looked to him, I would be happy. But what did that mean? For a long time, I thought that I was happy. I had a good life. I had good friends and a loving family. I was joyful, I would say, but not in God. See, I thought that I had to be joyful no matter what. I knew that life was hard, so I learned that I just ignored whatever went on around me. I could tell myself I was joyful. As I went on, life happened and I got older. I went myself by not feeling anything, I was being joyful. Because I had never felt anything negative, right? That's joy. See, for a while I could lie to myself and believe that I was doing the right thing by not feeling anything. But I became numb. My hope had left. Not because of some crazy, terrible event, but because I didn't have anything left to hope in. By shutting everything off, I had let my hope burn out. I acted like I was happy to fool others, and maybe by that I would fool myself too. Every time the thought even crossed my mind that maybe I wasn't as happy as I portrayed, I would dismiss it because that was negative to even admit to myself that I could feel negative. I let myself pretend to be hopeful on the surface, but no matter what, I still felt empty. Something bad happens, empty. But something good happens, still empty. I wanted so badly to fill the hole because deep down I knew that it was there, even if I couldn't admit it to myself. I began to put my hope in whatever I could find. My family. They're good people. I'll put my hope in them. They will never let me down. They love me, right? That must be what I'm missing, is being close to my family. But they couldn't live up to that hope. They never could. My friends. They'll never fail me. They're always there. If I put my hope in them, I will feel alive again. And when I was with them, I almost could forget about the hole. And through this, I learned that if I distracted it, I didn't feel as cons- it didn't feel as consuming. So I became the busy guy, always out with my friends, a different youth group six nights a week, and was with my friends every other chance I had, just trying to ignore the hole. But still, it lingered. I put my hope in my job, my church, my family, and my friends, anything to try and feel hope again, to truly feel the joy that I portrayed and so desperately wanted to feel, but nothing was ever enough. My job became stagnant and stressful. My church didn't know my situation, and while I wanted them to help, they didn't know. I was too scared to admit to myself that I felt hopeless, let alone somebody else. My family couldn't measure up to what I needed them to fill the gap, and so I felt like they had let me down. My friends, my friends that at this point I had put every ounce of hope and joy and life into, They certainly couldn't hold up the hopes. They were never meant to hold that weight. After years of trying to find something that I could put my hope in, and every single one of them failing, I gave up, 
I didn't try anymore. I acted like I was happy, but I wasn't. I was lonely, empty, depressed. I felt like nothing could ever make me feel the joy that I wanted to. I was hopeless. If you'll turn in your Bibles with me to Psalm 42, 11, uh, I'll be reading the ESV today. It says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. The writer of this psalm animates the question that I think I did every day, and I know everyone else does too. Why are you cast down, O my soul? I found myself asking that question almost every day and never quite found the answer. What is cast down? It's not exactly something that we use today, but here's some other words that we might use in its place. <clears throat> Sad, gloomy, miserable, mournful, dejected, heavy-heartened, disheartened, depressed, low-spirited, inconsolable, unhappy, <clears throat> weathered, joyless, and hopeless. The list goes on and on. There's so many of these words that describe how we feel, these negative emotions. But I think these are the ones that resonate with me the most. I think every one of us has felt one of these in the last month, probably the last week. And if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of us feel these every day. Why is that? We know to be joyful, don't we? We've heard it all the time. We recognize that we're cast down, that we don't feel joyful. But why? I think it comes down to just one of those feelings that I mentioned. Hopeless. So what is hopeless? <clears throat> well, first, let's define hope. Hope is the feeling that what is wanted can be had or the events will turn out for the best. Also, it's to look forward to with desire and reasonable confidence. And then the noun of that word is a person or thing in which expectations are centered. So oh, hopeless, obviously, the opposite. Feeling that what is wanted can't or won't happen or the events will turn out for your worse. To look at with despair and no confidence and to have nothing to hope in. Hope is the reason that we keep going. It's the thing that motivates us to better ourselves and to strive to be the best we can be. It's the thing that brings us our joy. And if we don't hope that things will go well or that they will get better, all these other feelings come from the lack of that hope. Why would we fight if it will never get better, right? Everyone can find something to hope in. <clears throat> Everyone gets their hopes up for something. Maybe it's small for you. You hope your favorite sports team wins. If they don't, Oh well, they'll do better next game. Your hope pops on to the next game, no harm done. But maybe it's bigger than that. You get a new job, and you hope that it goes well, and you hope that you're happy. But six months later, you hope, sorry, six months later you lose your job because you didn't put enough effort in, or whatever reason it is. Now what do you do? Your hope leaves a little bit. You get a new job, you won't lose it this time, and you put all of your hope into this job, I do well at this job, I'll get my new car, I'll get a bigger, better house, and I'll have all these nice things. I will be a great friend because I have all this nice stuff. I'll be perfect. You put all your hope into this job, everything is great. Life is good and you're finally happy. But three years later, that company isn't doing as well as it was, and <laughs> a pandemic hits. You get laid off. Not only are you in a financial crisis, but your hope is crushed. Because your hope depended on your job. Your hope doesn't come back quite as easily as it would did with that sports game, does it? Without a way to accomplish your dreams or be successful as you want it to be, you find yourself hopeless. You've lost the motivation to get back to where you were in life. 
and nothing seems to get your hopes up anymore. You just keep going. Because if you get your hopes up, you think you'll be let down again. You become completely hopeless. Maybe it's your significant other. You put all your hope in them because why would they fail you? They love you. They'll never do anything to hurt you. They were never meant to hold those hopes. And they will eventually crumble under the weight. Not purposefully, but eventually they'll do something to upset you and make you lose a little bit of hope in them. Eventually it starts weighing too heavily on you and your hope dies after they failed to hold all of those hopes one too many times. It doesn't mean you don't love them or that they don't love you, but when all your hope is built on them, it won't last. As humans, we are constantly looking to put our hope in something, hoping that things will turn out how we want them to, and every time something goes wrong, as it always does, our hope and joy is contingent on whether or not our lives are going well at the present time. If life is good, we're happy. If life is bad, we're sad. Eventually, you end up in a hole like I did, where the bad always seems to overlook the good. And even when there is good, it fails to truly bring your hopes up to where you want them to be. You start to believe the lies that it won't get better, that nothing will make you happy again. Your hope dies, and along with it, your joy. You quit hoping for more because you've been let down too many times. You become cast down, unable to find the hope in your situation. This is where we find the psalmist back in our main verse. Uh, If you go back to Psalm 42, we're going to read verses 3 through 11. It says, My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down, so I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversary taunts me. While they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation, and my God. For the context of those verses, uh, we don't exactly know the setting of the song, but it's widely believed to be while David and those who were loyal to him were forced out of Jerusalem by David's son Absalom. They'd been betrayed by their own people, and they had to flee their homes and their own people to stay alive. Their people taunted them and mocked them and their God. They were homeless, betrayed, alone, and scared. They had every reason to be hopeless. The psalmist is lamenting to God. His heart is heavy, and he can't find a way to to find hope in his situation. Yet he's not hopeless, is he? He knows that his soul is cast down and that his situation is grim, but he already knows the answer to keep his hope alive. To finish my story from before, I grew up Christian and I knew Jesus, who Jesus was and I knew I needed to put my hope in God, but I didn't know what it looked like. I tried to find whatever I could to make me feel hopeful again. After searching everywhere I could to try and find hope and constantly being let down, I felt like there was nothing left to try. I would have considered myself to be a Christian, 
but I didn't walk it out. I went to church every week and did church activities outside of that. And I always heard about God and that he wanted to be, me to be joyful and to put my hope in him. But that wasn't for me, was it? That was for everybody else. I'd already put my faith in him, so I'm good on my own. I may be broken and hopeless, but God would just let me down too. I heard the words week after week and shut them out because I didn't think that they were for me. I wanted to fix myself on my own and didn't believe that God wanted to help me. I felt like he was disappointed in me for feeling cast down because I was supposed to be happy. I felt like I failed to be what I was supposed to be according to him. And I felt like he would judge me if I had admitted my hopelessness. So if I hid it from myself, I would hide it from God too, right? But after feeling hopeless for so long, I opened myself up to the idea of hope in God. What did that look like? I don't know if he knows this, but Brandon played a weird part in this. He, as he gets up and leaves, thanks. <laughs> he asked me, well, in the men's group, he asked if anybody wanted to do a read the Bible in a year challenge. Usually I would just ignore a message like that because it wasn't for me and I'd already read the Bible. I don't need that. But something told me I should do it. So I did. And while everybody else didn't stay along with me, I kept reading. Somewhere toward the beginning, this psalm came up, and it hit me really hard. It was like the psalmist was speaking directly to me, asking why my, why my soul was cast down. For most, this is just a nice reminder that says, oh yes, hope in God, he's the best, right? But for me, it was a slap in the face, a wake-up call. I've always known the answer, and it's always been there. The same answer that keeps the psalmist going in his darkest days. Hope in God. So what does it mean to hope in God? It means that despite our circumstances, we are not cast down. Because what happened, what failed, or what went wrong, it's not the end. Hope in God means going to him to find joy. Putting your hope in people will only last so long. People mess up. They make mistakes and they let you down. When you look to them as your source of joy, you will end up cast down and defeated. The same goes for yourself, not just others. Hope in God means that you are, when you are all alone, your friends have left and your families turned their back, that God is still by your side, truly believing that. Hope in God means that when the cards are stacked against you and your life seems hopeless, trust that God will see you through to the other side and that there is always hope for a brighter day. Hope in God means that those, in those hopeless times, you find a way to be joyful through it all. In the psalm, he is defeated and not only cast down, but cast out of his own home. He's fighting to stay alive and at the end of his life. He should be hopeless, yet he's not. He finds his hope in God. Against all odds, he has faith that God will see him through to victory, and he hopes in God for his victory. Not in himself, not in his warriors that are still with him, but in God, because he is the only one who could see him to victory. So let's define hope in God on the terms of hope in its meaning. It said that the feeling that what is wanted can be had or that the events will turn out for the best. Hope in God means that trusting that God will do what is best for you and that he will come through for you. To look forward to with desire and reasonable confidence. Hoping in God means to joyfully anticipate what God has in store for your life and having faith that he will make it happen. And a person or thing in which expectations are centered. Hope in God means making God the thing that gets your hopes up.
We'll read Romans 8:28 if you want to turn to it. Uh, this one's going to be in the HCSB instead of the ESV. It says, "We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, for those called according to His purpose." It's one of those verses that you heard a hundred times that you say, "That's not for me. That's for everyone else." We've heard it a billion times in church, but what does it really mean? Hoping in God means truly believing in His promises, like this one. Believing that even though things look grim right now, all these things are happening for your good. In the end, we win. Regardless of your circumstances, God is bigger, and it may seem like you're losing your battles right now, but God has already won your war. So to put all that together, hope in God means believing that he is doing everything for your good and trusting that he is with you along the way. Putting your hope in earthly things leads to being cast down every single time. Maybe not right away, but in the end, they will fail to hold all of your hope. They weren't meant to. God is the only one who can hold your hope, and he will never fail. Even in the times that it feels like he is failing, like he's not there for you, he is still working things together for your good, but you have to hope in him. So how do we hope in God? For this, I have a list. (laughs) So, number one, trust him. Todd says it often, but faith means that believing that God can do it. I think we all believe that. That's what being a Christian means. But hope is believing that he will do it. It's easy to believe that God could come through in your life, but believing that he will is much harder. I had faith in God all my life, but I lacked the hope in him. I knew of his power and his might, but I doubted his love for me. So often we hear that God loves us and wants good for us, But somehow it's never for us. It's for everyone else, isn't it? No. God wants to work in the lives of every one of his children, not just the ones that have it all together. Trust that God wants to work everything together for your good, not anyone else's, for yours. Number two is remember him. In the psalm that we read, the writer has the feelings of dread and sorrow. He's mourning. So he reflects on what God has done in his life. He remembers when the Lord was with him. Verse 6 says, My soul is cast down, therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. When he feels cast down, he looks back on God's movement in his own life. For some of us, that's really easy to do, to see our God moments, when you can distinctly say that God moved there. But that's not as easy for all of us. Often it's hard to pick out our God moments from any other moment. But remembering him doesn't just mean remembering it when he moved in our lives, but the stories of his work. There are so many places in the Bible that talk about God coming through for people when they put their faith and their hope in him. Moses, David, Peter, Paul, Abraham. The list goes on and on. Almost every character in the Bible, right? It shows God character. Remembering the times he comes through helps us keep focused on when he will come through for us again. The third is the disciplines. If you come to the remnant, you probably know what this means. But if not, these are the things that you do to further your walk with God, the things you should be doing every day to grow closer to him. The first is read. Read his word. We already kind of talked about that in point two, but it helps us remember his promises. How can we understand what he wants for us if we don't know it? Reading helps us understand more about who he is and what he will do in our lives. The second is pray. For this one, I have a verse that I'd like to pull up. Romans 12, 12 says, Rejoice in hope, 
Be patient in tribulation and be constant in prayer. This passage, there's a whole list of things that go together, but this verse specifically, I want to hone in on because I think it fits really well with what we're talking about. It's interesting how they go together. Rejoicing in hope and being patient in tribulation makes sense, right? If you have joy because you have hope, you can be patient through your tribulations. It's easy to connect those, right? But what does being constant in prayer have to do with that? Prayer is a powerful thing. God wants us to come to him with our struggles. Does he already know? Of course he does. He knows everything. But he wants us to come to him with our burdens and to put our hope in him. He wants us to relinquish control of whatever is going on and believe that he will work it out for our good. He wants us to fully hope in him, not in our ability or what we can do to remedy the situation, but to say that you are God, I am not. I trust that you are in control and will work this out. By praying, we are talking with God, letting him take the wheel of our lives and letting him lead us. And boy, is it not easy to let go, especially in those hard times. All I want to do is fix it myself, but I, my way is not best. God has already seen the end, and he can and will do what it takes to pull you through. But you have to let him. The third, or point C, I guess, I've been going off, is worship. Worship is the expression of reverence and adoration, according to the dictionary. So to worship God is to praise him for who he is. And like the psalm says, I shall again praise you, my salvation and my God. Worship is the expression of our hope in God. It's the act of surrendering control of our lives to God because we know that he is the only one who can hold our hopes and see them through. It is giving thanks for not only what he's already done in our lives, but what he still has to do. My last point is to go to him as the source. Going to him as the source is obviously kind of what the message is about and the one that you probably already guessed, but it's the one we fail at the most, at least I do. Going to him as the source means that our circumstances don't dictate our mood. When we, what we hope for doesn't come through, we aren't cast down because our hope is in God and we know that he has a bigger plan and in the end, he has us in mind. It's easy to say that, but living it out is definitely the hardest of all of these. You have to follow through with the other points in order to achieve this one. You will fully, never fully go to him as the source if you don't trust him, remember him, read his word, Pray to him and worship him. Going to him as the source also means not being controlled by our feelings. We may feel tired and mopey, but that doesn't mean that we live that way. We choose joy over being cast down because our joy comes from the right source, and we know that it will never let us down. She's going to come play some music, and while she does, I want to ask a couple of questions. Do you find yourself where the psalmist found himself asking that same question over and over? Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? Maybe not that question, but something along those lines. Why am I sad? Why am I depressed? Why do I feel so alone? Are you stuck on the sea of life? The waves crashing over you? And you're just barely staying afloat? Are you hopeless? Keep fighting. There is still hope. God says that he will never leave you or forsake you. He is always by your side. Hope in God because he is your salvation and your God. Not the God of Bob down the street 
or the perfect Billy at church or your religious Aunt Carolyn. He is your God and your salvation, and he has your good in mind. To finally finish my story, after I found this verse, I tried for a long time to still do it on my own. This verse kept lingering in my mind, the thought of hope in God. So I tried to hope in God on my terms. Well, I'll put my hope in him if he comes through for me in this situation. I tried to add him into the mold that I had created for my own life. He wants my good, right? Therefore, he'll give me whatever I want and my hopes. My life will be perfect. I used him as my lackey to get what I want. When things didn't go my way, I questioned him. Why am I not getting what I hoped for, God? I thought you were supposed to be for me. Well, he was for me, and he still is for me. But he's for my good, not my desires. I had to let go of the God I had created for myself and hope in the God who can and will do things for those who love him. It took me a long time to learn what it meant to truly hope in God. Hope in God means surrendering your life to him and trusting that his plan is better than yours. Whatever happens in your life, believing that he will come through for your good. So if you're in this room and you feel cast down, remember hope in God. He is always the answer. He will change your life, but you have to let him. <laughs>